Welcome to For the Love of Books, Bees Books Edition, a podcast by North Lancashire Libraries. Hey, this is Paddy. And this is Jenny. And we're here to welcome you to Bees Books. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry about us. Oh, well, me. Jenny, you sounded <laughs> lovely. I'm sounding super awkward because usually Jenny really helpfully prints out some prompts for us because my memory is atrocious absolutely and today we have having like some printer problems in Coatbridge library which is affecting everything like the end of the world as we know it and today of course when the printer is not working like a dozen people have come (laughs) to print stuff it's like they they were waiting they knew yes and yeah so I I feel all out of sorts today the thing is we hardly ever look at the notes when they're there but because they're not there we're aware that they're not there so they're my emotional support yes (laughs) So please bear with us. Yes. Um, What I do remember, though, is that this week's theme was heroes and villains. Oh, excellent. I'm glad you did remember. Because I was like, oh, that's usually up to me. But yes, yes, it was heroes and villains. And this is a theme I usually love. Like, I think a lot of my previous recommendations spoke about how things disrupt heroes and villains which is my favorite kind because mm-hmm. i feel like villains are really interesting yes, more yes. interesting sometimes than heroes yes. not always but yes. yeah what, what about you no i'm the same um, i feel as if this conversation is going to be more about heroes and villains in general mm-hmm. rather than particular books but i have chosen some books mm-hmm. books being optimal yeah you have like a so stack <laughs> there so i've chosen lord of the rings Ooh. Um, to talk okay. about because I've got a lot to say about a certain character oh. but I was also taking a selection of Percy Jackson ah. Rick Reardon books oh, because especially the Percy Jackson books the whole book is about heroes that's and villains. true I mean that's the whole true. series the whole world is about heroes and villains so that's kind of a good one to kind of leapfrog us into a proper conversation I also really like so basically like a little bit taking on what I was saying earlier and why I love heroes and villains I love it when they have like complex motivations. Like yes. it's not just oh, hero good, villain bad. Yes. And I feel like Percy Jackson and a lot of the rings as well. Especially now with the new Prime series, mm-hmm. which is looking at like the prequel of. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting to see them more nuanced. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like you know their decisions. Sometimes you can empathize with, or you might not do the same thing, yes. but you see why they're doing it. And sometimes they shift as well as like the yes. famous Darth Vader Absolutely. thing, sort of you know <laughs> turning it. Well, spoiler. Take, no, sorry. <laughs> take Game of Thrones. Mm. Everybody in that at one point is a baddie, and That's is at one true. point a goodie. That's you know, true. Every single character yeah. has something, and I think that kind of reflects normal life you know we all are put in circumstances where we make a decision perhaps not the right decision at the time but when you look back on it you go well that's a decision that I made yeah I must run with that yeah and also like how it depends on I think the perspective of who is the one who's doing the seeing the decision making I guess like for some people some characters or people are sort of not I don't want to say heroes but like good like good guys yes. uh-huh. whereas for the same people in other person's eyes it depends on you like yes. you were saying the circumstances and the events I do so, see that you have books though. I do I have, I have like so one is sort of more in your line more traditional uh-huh. it's called Nevermore it's one of my favourite children's book middle grade series and the first book's called The Trials of Morrigan Crow 
So I have to admit, uh, I mentioned my atrocious memory before. <laughs> I read this book like this is the first in the series. There's two more in the fourths coming out next year. So I haven't read them in a while now. Mm-hmm. So what I remember, like when you said heroes and villains, or when B said heroes and villains, and when you told us last time that that's going to be the theme, I did think about this book. So Morgan Crow is basically like she was born on a really unlucky day. and all the kids in this town where she lives and all the kids who are born on that day are supposed to die oh oh yeah just like death not even like something like oh maybe they just no no you're supposed to die but she doesn't oh. and that's why she's considered like super unlucky so she's blamed for oh. all sorts of random things like oh a rainstorm like ruined the crops oh it's morgan's fault <laughs> oh this person like tripped and fell and broke their head like oh it's morgan's fault so it's that sort of thing but then there's like this a uh, person who comes and takes her away Uh, to the secret sort of society a secret magical school mm-hmm. called the wondrous society of our wonders art something like that and this this really fun looking uh, guy a mentor called jupiter north takes her and nevermore is the place mm-hmm. but even there she's like you find this out so i don't know if this is in the first book or in the next two books like i said i don't remember <laughs> where i read what but even within that world she is um sort of uh like she has some characteristics that's revealed that makes her not unlucky but like really weird like people are really wary of her mm-hmm. in the world so she's considered like pretty like a bad guy mm-hmm. in the world and like people want to kick her out of school and things so she has to really prove to like herself and to the others that she belongs there and she's not really the bad guy mm-hmm. that she's made out to be like it's based on like decades of like stereotypes and things like that and it's really fun it's like a magic school but like set well, i mean not in a timeless age but mm-hmm. like it's more contemporary so and it's really fun so it is a beautiful cover yeah mm-hmm. um, and i do like at the top that it's um kind of had a wee Uh, nod by Robin Stevens, who did does the murder most and lady like books that yes. we both are now. I am addicted to as well. Oh yes, and this um, is Jupiter North here, who looks like you know he's like a very sort of uh, eccentric, uh-huh. shall we call, <laughs> shall we say, kind of person, and just it's filled with like really weird characters. I love the names as well. Weird, yeah, and it's just it's just a really like it's one of my favorite books that I've read, like series in the last few years. The other one, I have two books, like not nothing compared to your stack, <laughs> but this takes a slightly unusual tack at the theme. It's called Wild City Encounters with Urban Wildlife, and I think I t- I'd mentioned it to yeah, you before. It it's by Florence Wilkinson, and it's basically looking at um, the natural life in cities, mm-hmm. which, like, as the premise of this book is, doesn't quite go. Like when you think of nature, you don't think of. cities mm-hmm. uh but she's trying to sort of challenge that a little bit and like like I'll say by I think it fits into the theme because okay. it doesn't feel like it no, does it's another beautiful cover it as is. well it um, is it's beautiful like it, and this is one of my favorite books that I read this year like five star goodreads I love this book. as you know I'm not a big fan of non-fiction mm-hmm. um but the cover doesn't yell at me non-fiction no. the cover yells at me read me yeah like um, it's like it's beautiful, beautiful. Come. yes um, yes And like, just I wish all books were this beautiful. It's just like a green cover with golden embossed it's illustrations. Lovely. Like I would love this just as in my library. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's very pretty. Yes. Yeah, so now, tell sorry. Me. <laughs> yes. No, we just got distracted <laughs> by the cover. Easily distracted. Easily yeah, distracted oh, yeah. by book covers. So, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a quick talk about yeah. that. Yeah. So. 
Um, I haven't read the books for a long time, but as we know, there was very good movies recently, and as you mm-hmm. say, there's new things coming out. Um, but what I wanted to talk about was Sam. Ah. So everyone talks about Frodo and him being the hero, but in my eyes, Sam is the mm. actual hero of the whole thing. I agree. Um, without him, Frodo would have drowned, been eaten by a spider. You know, there's quite a Fall lot. Fall into the dark side. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Whereas Sam is kind of like a unsung hero. Um, and what I like best mm. is that he does have a nice ending. Yeah. So Frodo goes, goes off into the sunset and things like that. He's been very much affected but Sam himself, although he's been around all that, reverts back to being Sam yeah. at the end of it, which I think is a nice way of saying that, yes, he was a hero and he gets a good good ending. Yeah. Um, but I think there's lots of characters and lots of books like that. For example, in Harry Potter, Neville is a mm. very unsung character. Yeah, you know, right at the sure. end, he's the one that kind of yeah. gets everybody there. Yeah. But he's never seen as a kind of hero yeah um, he's just kind of but especially like you see that right from the first book though you know because he was the only one who like he gets like five points or something at the end of the first year because he actually stood up to his friends and yes. like you know it's that's why he gets rewarded which is a different kind of courage actually I think it's it's a more difficult form of courage. Like, it's, I, I think, easier to stand up to somebody you don't like, mm-hmm. you know, like, or not even stand up to disagree to, like, yes. even, like, even within, like, workplace or, yes. like, with friends and, like, partners. It's easier to, like, yeah, like, oh, yes, these people, like, you know, they think like this, whatever. Uh, you can, like, like, argue or whatever. But with somebody that you like or you love and you think that oh this is actually I think this is a bit sus so (laughs) what do you do and so most people might or most times people might not choose not to sort of like to avoid conflict and things but he like even though he's this sort of bullied character and these are his literally his only friends or like friendly to Mm -hmm. him and he's standing up to them and making them very angry which is yeah I agree yes I'm looking at your jumper and it's got sheep on it. Uh-huh. And what you said there, that sometimes people do like peer pressure, like sheep. They, they yeah. go along with things and yes. And in his way, Sam is the same. There's plenty of opportunities that he could have just given in or True. you know walked away. But no, he's kind of stood by him. Um, yeah, he could have chosen a more comfortable life. Like, he didn't need to no, exactly. at all do the kinds of things that he ends up doing. Exactly. At the end of the, the first book, you know, he, he jumps in um, and goes off in the boat. You know, yeah. he could have walked away at that point. Yeah. But no, he's... Courage, yes, is a brilliant word that you just used. Um, yeah. You know, to kind of go and, and do what needs to be done. Um, or even go against like I guess what you've been conditioned to believe like absolutely. that you should want or you should seek like comf- like especially among the hobbits but people as well yes. like comfortable lives and you know not like rocking the boat no, exactly. and things like that exactly. and like oh someone else will take care of like all the things mm-hmm. that are going on in the world but like here they step yes. up I'm not saying that Frodo isn't a hero I feel quite bad for no, Frodo no. now because <laughs> he is you know yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but I think sometimes people's um and books people's friends you know are kind of underestimated as being a, a force to help the hero be a hero uh, absolutely yes because you need and i actually love that even in nevermore like she starts off uh morrigan she starts off as like this loner kind of thing and like 
eventually she builds up like relationships and friendships with people uh who sort of see her as more than like her title or whatever it like you know the sort of thing that she's supposed to be unlucky or like bad for this visiting this magical society and they get to know her and then they support her and she wouldn't have like um i think been able to land she is like a really powerful magician mm-hmm. but she could have gone to the like dark side i guess yes. uh and she still could like but it's i think the relationships like you're saying the people who allow her to be so if she'd surrounded herself with like the draco malfoys of yes. the world <laughs> she would probably not have but even with that with draco malfoy mm-hmm. his character evolution because the kind of things he's surrounded by the yes. his family and friends and house push him in a certain way mm-hmm. so it's almost like this sort of the world around you is making you a hero or a villain yes, and how you have to break uh, like sam could have just been like a potato farmer no, exactly <laughs> you know, but, you know, but he's choosing to step outside no. that role i think sometimes villains are just heroes without any friends to keep mm, them on the right path yeah um we've talked quite a lot about um, harry potter already yeah but you know you look at snape snape and the you know has this like core belief in something we'll not spoil it for people that have not no. found, but you know he comes across as being a different type of person but inside there's that you know moment that he's chosen to do something different than yeah. what he's been told yeah i think i really like i really like that point and i really like that with sort of in your traditional stories about heroes and villains that you know it's based on decisions rather than the Absolutely. person that they are mm-hmm. like a hero could have made an, another decision and led down like Absolutely. a completely like different paths mm-hmm. and the same with the villain like even Voldemort for that matter if he'd had a, like he's shown to be the sociopath but if he'd had a different kind of upbringing a different you don't know what would have happened you no, know like exactly. it's more and like this is obviously harry potter still like a simplistic sort of children's yes. book series but i think that sort of applies to a lot of adult narratives but also to like the world's narratives Absolutely. uh that we're currently yeah. sometimes you're happening. put in a place where you know there is a rock and a hard place and no matter what you decide you know it's going to be wrong for somebody yeah um, and people will always say you're a baddie before they say you're a goodie if yeah. that makes sense yeah but then I suppose it matters like what you choose to do after, after. that so like what you said about not having anybody like no, ha- not having friends because I think and the, the friends provide an important role in like what Neville did in like calling you out on yeah. your nonsense as well like Absolutely. i think like the partners friends families whoever you have that one person mm-hmm. to be able to tell you you're being stupid yes. <laughs> like just come <calm> down <laughs> we all need one of those yeah yeah because everyone has like their you know moments of yes. like whatever and yeah you just need a community to be able to be a better version of yourself and i think we've talked about that before about community and characters and how you know their circle of friends or where they are in the story yeah. you know makes a difference mm-hmm. um absolutely yeah. so this is now completely different yes yeah, um, i'm interested yeah <laughs> so for me the reason that i chose wild city for this theme specifically is um so like what sh- you know like okay i'll just read a little bit and then i'll like i think that'll explain it better so this is from the forward her introduction um 
If you ask most people where you should go to get closer to nature, they will likely reel off a list of remote or exotic locations. Dense woodlands, rushing rivers, open seas, maybe the Serengeti even, or the Arctic tundra. Tundra? 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 <laughs> we use the phrase the natural world as if it exists in a bubble, divorced from our everyday lives. The implication is that nature only belongs in places that are natural and cities are man-made and therefore inherently unnatural. Such arguments ignore the fact that we humans are animals ourselves and in any case nature does not respect these imagined boundaries between natural and man-made. So where we see a tower block, a peregrine falcon sees a cliff. Uh, what looks to us like an old canal tunnel could easily resemble a cave to a bat. For bees and other pollinators, a hanging basket is a tiny wildflower meadow. Even the famous Trafalgar Square fountains have served as ponds for a passing mallard or two. And so she talks about how like in like 20 by 2050, most people are going to be living in cities. Like even now, the sort of sw it's switched over to how many people live in villages versus cities. So it's going to be a super urban like environment. And meanwhile, large swaths of the countryside have become inhospitable to our native wildlife due to industrialized farming, land management practices and pollution. So these inescapable realities are forcing nature to find new ways of surviving and even thriving in an urban environment. So basically what she's saying is that a lot of species that we would consider as that you'd find out in these places that are outside of cities and towns are making their homes. But we tend to focus on the really like cool, like, you know, the like nice the bees. Now everyone's like talking about the bees or the falcons or whatever. But there are some more unlikely sort of heroes in her world. Okay, so, uh -huh. Yeah. So it would be things like pigeons mm -hmm. or foxes or grey squirrels, mm -hmm. which are quite villainized, even seagulls for that matter, which are quite villainized among a lot of people in that like, you know, for various like childhood uh, trauma reasons <laughs> as well. But through her thing, she talks, she visits a lot of different cities in the UK, including in Glasgow, to see how different species have thrived. Mm -hmm. And she talks about this is actually a survival story. Mm -hmm. And it works because it's happening in the cities and they're living like it's both humans and these animals are coexisting together because like foxes, for example, find a lot of food and things that humans leave out or these caves and things that they can build because humans have like con bad construction practices <laughs> or whatever. And she's like sort of asking us to reimagine what we mean mm -hmm. by the natural world and how like even, you know, this sort of like looking at a pigeon, like it really changed my mind about pigeons. I've had childhood trauma about pigeons when I was in Mumbai, <laughs> not like seagulls here. And I just like sort of started seeing them as like, that's actually true. Like they're surviving in like really harsh, a harsh condition where humans are taking over the world and they have to struggle to survive. But now they're thriving in the very spaces, like in cities where there are so many humans. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but for me, like I love gray squirrels mm -hmm. uh, because those were my first encounter, I think, like really. And in Glasgow, like they're really like yeah. very brave and they just come <laughs> up to you and there's some in my back garden. Like I've seen generations of gray squirrels, but for some other people, 
they are really the villains in the story because they're taking over the space from the red squirrels just because they've adapted so well. So even like foxes and things have adapted so well. Pigeons and seagulls have adapted really well to human environments. And there's a conflict sometimes. Like you, some people will see them as like, oh my God, like we don't want, like, you know, they put up like spikes and things to, uh, yeah, put them away. But she just writes with so much love about these creatures, like even mosquitoes under like these London underground tunnels. She's not telling us to embrace mosquitoes. I'm not going to embrace no. a mosquito. Ever. No. But she's found like there's this like under the London underground tunnel, like in some generations ago, like when it first started, like in the 1800s when they were built, these un- the London underground. Um, somehow they made their way down and they've like started a whole separate species so there's one under like one of the lines i forget what the victoria line mosquitoes Mm -hmm. and like they have like it's like evolved into a separate species because then they don't come out up into the world they just sort of live there and they mostly like eat like like feed on like all the creatures that you have (laughs) underneath so not people unless you're going down to construct like do construction work there but it's just like you don't see cities as a place where wildlife thrives. No, exactly. But as she writes, that she's like in like she grew up in a semi-rural part of Essex, mm-hmm. and she said that I'd never seen a kingfisher until I moved to London <laughs> because it's like you know it's just this idea of like oh the like countryside being. Uh, more hospitable yeah. to like nature and I she, she, she also talks about how London they've actually uh, or they are I think they're now like the uh, they like they've uh, have uh, I forget what it's called but they're basically a natural park mm-hmm. but a city national park right. so they're trying to like build like corridors for like they do this which writes about this like corridors for hedgehogs and things so like construction workers Mm -hmm. looking after the nature nature and people like bats and things not being scared of bats which I was very scared of as a Mm -hmm. child when like bats would come too close but here like she's just asking us to look at these creatures that you might otherwise consider not to be real not heroes I guess but Mm -hmm. not villains either Mm -hmm. like she's just asking us to how do you live together with with creatures that you don't like necessarily might not like get along with Mm -hmm. and I think she makes that argument for people as well like it's not like she's obviously focusing on nature but like she's like you know we need to learn to live with amongst different kinds of people as well and I think it goes hand in hand like especially like you know with the climate crisis and things how do you work together and it's a much more positive story I think of coexistence because she's researched so much she's Mm -hmm. gone all over the country like the countries I guess (laughs) and talked about things that it's really made me re- yeah, reimagine like my relationship with nature and also fall more in love with cities. I'm like a real city person, so <laughs> I just, yeah, I love this book. Um, a few episodes ago, we were talking about um, Halloween, uh-huh. uh, scary things, and you had the, the giant book, um, the, the climate crisis book, mm-hmm. which basically sounded like the end of the days. Uh-huh. Whereas this book, as you just said, sounds mm-hmm. more hopeful. It's yeah. kind of like, oh, there are ways that we can work together. There Absolutely. are ways that, you know, we all think that pigeons are evil, that seagulls are terrifying. Which like they that. are. Yes. But, uh, yeah, but... But why should we be the ones to, you know, if we can live together, why shouldn't we live yeah. together? Yeah, and, like, I'm sure we seem terrifying to a lot of, No, like, absolutely. You know, <laughs> like, but they've, like, thrived now. Mm. They, like, I guess they get off on terrorizing <laughs> people and children. And in a way, it's, it's nice to know that... Um, 
evolution is still evolutioning, if that's a word. Absolutely. Because obviously they have, dis- you know, we've seen foxes quite often in our street. Yeah. Because um, you hear a noise, you ain't going to earth with that noise. And yeah. it's a fox uh-huh. having a wee conversation. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, and they are living off what we think of as rubbish or, you know, the bad stuff in yeah. essence that we do. They've kind of worked a way to, to live with that and make that good for them. So yeah. in a way it is good for them and it's also good for us absolutely um, to make that work yeah and like just how can we sort of i think a lot of it is also lack of knowledge like you know before i read this book i did know there were so many different kinds of species that she talks about so from mosquitoes i know mosquitoes is a bit of an odd one (laughs) but she goes to like the cooler birds i guess of the like the ones that she includes both the ones that are easy to love and the ones that are difficult to love and she's like you don't even need to love them you just need to live with them accept them as they are exactly because like mosquitoes are just doing what mosquitoes do like you know for in their sort of world like yeah. we don't matter and accept as food sources yeah. in saying that um bed bugs oh no, yes definitely, oh, definitely. no no she doesn't talk about no. bed bugs <laughs> but yeah and she's also talked so she wrote this book during covid or she started just before but she was talking about how in like during covid a lot of people got sort of more attuned to the nature around them because, you know, there wasn't the pressures of everyday life because you only could go out on a walk like once a day and just, uh, yeah, just like learn to pay more attention to what's around you. She's also launched an app. She launched this like in 2017, I think, called Wobbler Mm -hmm. with a co, like a researcher. So basically, it's like if you hear bird song, you can just record it and the app will tell you what the bird oh. is. So like, because if you can't recognize it, so she's mel- melding technology with nature. Again, like not really expected, I guess, uh-huh. companions, but just I think a way, because I think humans have a lot more to sort of say in how mm-hmm. the world, you know, develops and evolves, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. evolution. So she's talking about the evolution of cities hopefully being uh, inclusive of not just people but also like mm-hmm. the other creatures which I love so I, I love this book I feel like because I was not um, yeah like I, I read this <laughs> a few months ago and like I hoarded this like for eight <laughs> I think several months I've now let it go but like I love it so much that I want to buy a copy of oh, my own. I just yeah so well, I fully recommend it it does go with our theme because Florence Wilkinson, mm-hmm. reading upside down, um, does sound a complete hero. That's um, true. You know, herself. Yeah. You know, to, to get the word out there to kind of remind us that, you know, we all have to live here. Be yeah. It, you know. You're right. Oh, I, I love that <laughs> perspective of it. Yes. I also thought, like, when you first started saying that, I was like, oh, Florence Wilkinson sounds like a great hero name. And I was with you yes. even with that. Yes, it but does. Yes, yours is a much nicer. <laughs> I have to say as well, your, your character in the other book, um, is it Morrigan? Morrigan Crow? Morrigan Crow. Oh, they could be like in, uh, uh-huh. I think like Florence and Morrigan Crow, I think. Yes. Because she talks about crows as well. I think so. Florence would be a good um, friend. She would. She would. She would keep her on the, the um, straight and narrow. Absolutely. <laughs> what about, I think we have like a few more minutes mm-hmm. left. Do you want to quickly tell us about Rick Riordan? Like okay. what you love about Rick Riordan? So I love the whole world mm-hmm. of Rick Riordan. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Pier- Pier- uh, Percy Jackson, but I do love the other kind of side books that have come out from that. We've got Magnus Chase. We've got one of his newest ones, Daughter of the Deep, mm-hmm. which is a kind of, um, it's talking about, it's more kind of, 
in the ocean. Um, was it based on 80,000 leagues yes, under the sea? Yes, it was. Sea? Thank you for rescuing me yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> I felt I was 400 yeah. leagues under the sea. There. Um, and he just weaves such a, a great world. Mm-hmm. Um, but Percy Jackson is very much heroes and, and villains. And they all have, you know who the heroes are and you know who the villains are. Um, and it's very, oh, I just love it. I just love it. It's kind of world that you could just go into and and never come out again. But in that again, there's core friendships. Yeah. There's core teams. You know, no matter which one you're you're reading, there's like you know specific teams. Percy Jackson is the hero, but he's got his. Yeah, he couldn't. He would have no. been nowhere without his friends. Exactly. Yeah. But just a wee secret here. We're fil- we're recording this in the boss's office, and on her desk, just behind you, um, Ooh. is a, a bookseller. Um, and on the front of it is, um, if you could pass it over, um, Paddy, if you don't mind, um, is a book I seen as I was talking there. Mm-hmm. I want to read this series oh, now. Oh, me too. Um, it's called Skander and the Chaos Trials by A.F. Steadman. Mm-hmm. And it looks very... Percy Jackson-esque. Yes, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it's about. Oh, it says my daughter has rated them better than Percy Jackson. Five Ooh. stars, so there Ooh. you go. <laughs> who knows who this person is, but their daughter likes it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, children's books are... Yeah, I quite like this, actually. There's no names on any of no, these five-star no. reviews. I, I, I guess they could have made them up, but I believe I trust them. I trust them But um, it says heroes and unicorns, as Ooh. you've never seen them before. <laughs> unicorns. Ah, I see them, the unicorns mm-hmm. on the thing. Mm-hmm. But also, just, you know, when you were talking about heroes and and uh, villains and as you dubbed Florence Wilkinson as a hero I think Rick Riordan himself he like has that kind of role first of all because I think he's made it a point and he's written about this to be very inclusive mm-hmm. of the characters he represents like he started off writing Percy Jackson because his son is, has ADHD so he wanted to write ADHD into the mm-hmm. thing as like a sort of not a superpower but as an asset rather than mm-hmm. a deficit thing yeah. Um, but throughout his series, he's also grown and evolved and learned about different things. Mm-hmm. So he's included like a diver- like a diversity of identities. Mm-hmm. And there was this one thing he retweeted a few years ago where like a child, um, a parent was trying to explain to her child, I think, non-binary identities because one of their friends was non-binary. And the child was like, oh, yeah, I've read about this in, like, what, I think one of the books, um, uh, the Viking one, I mm-hmm. think. Oh, so, like, them. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And it was that easy. Mm-hmm. And even gone further, that he's obviously written about a lot of different mythologies and retellings, but he's used his name. He's become so popular and, like, well-loved. He's used his name to start an imprint called Rick Riordan Presents, where he has uh, opened up the sort of opportunity for writers from other cultures. Mm-hmm. So I know there's like a really popular Hindu mythology one. There's like a lat- like sort of a Southern American, like Latin American thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like different cultures and he's encouraging people from those cultures to write about their own mythology. So mm-hmm. he's not gatekeeping the kind of privilege and the popularity that mm-hmm. he has. So I Like I love that about yes. him, that he's... He not is a just, true hero. Yeah, yeah so like uh-huh. he's not just looking out. Like I think that's what, like I think that's what you said right in the beginning about community as well. Like I think he is sort of doing that. He's not putting himself up on a pedestal. Like I am the only one who's allowed to do this. Yeah. I'm actually opening up the doors mm-hmm. for like a community of storytellers to, you know, become popular, to tell their own stories, to get 
more people hooked and like yeah, I love that which is the point of stories I think in, in general all authors are heroes from possibly the author that wrote the book that you don't like yeah. um, but <laughs> maybe to somebody he would be a hero yes too, absolutely yeah. to you he's a very much villain but yeah um, but yeah stories are there to kind of um, you know get everybody included mm-hmm. you know and yeah. even if somebody doesn't like a story you know they've read it and they can talk about why they didn't like it yeah. um, and, and then somebody else will find will be the perfect book for them like yes. they'll find it and they'll love it yes the perfect book for, for me would be um, Tanzan Muir's fourth book hint hint oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes so hopefully we have to talk about it and we'll like ask me to present yes, a theme absolutely. That in that. <laughs> but speaking of do you know what our next theme is going to be? I do, even without my notes oh, Harry, that's it's quite... a nice easy one uh-huh. it is feeling festive oh. however I do remember that there was a question mark after that, <laughs> so I'm going to try it in a different way uh-huh. feeling festive <laughs> or is it feeling festive oh. I'm not sure because, I, yeah. you know, so I think we can take that it also sounds like ways. a threat feeling festive yes. <laughs> <laughs> well. which is what I like. I'm like near a Christmas yeah. how dare you not feel festive uh-huh. I will blow glitter on you until you do oh um, well I was more thinking like oh are you feeling festive are you well wait until you hear <laughs> this and then like I'm not going to let you be. so we come from very different absolutely yeah so it can be different yes we, but she, she's very definite that there's a question mark there is, oh I love that question yes. mark it's gotten me thinking I don't know what I'm going to talk about mm-hmm. but hopefully something festive before you know <laughs> festive periods is made different things for different people so yeah sometimes it's happy sometimes it's murderous yes Yes. but it was lovely talking to you i think b's happy with our oddball choices yours were mostly traditional (laughs) mine was oddball so sorry to drag you in no that's absolutely fine that's good that's what we're here to do is to to talk about books that people wouldn't necessarily pick up that's true oh that's such a nice way to end it thank you so much for listening and we'll be back soon bye bye